Hey there, and welcome to the Heart of a Mill Spouse podcast, where we focus on re-sparking your inner purpose using empowered action and personal growth tools. I'm Jayla Ray Ardeline, your host and late career Army Mill Spouse. I joined this lifestyle later in life and the learning curve was gigantic. Since the day I said yes to this relationship over five years ago, I've been collecting and curating personal growth tools to support you. So excited you've tuned in. Welcome to the deployment series. So for practical and obvious reasons, the Heart of the Mill Spouse podcast will begin with a deployment series because my spouse is indeed deployed. He'll be gone for 12 months. I started recording this podcast series during month one and plan to chronicle the journey as I go. If you're looking for extra support, maybe your spouse is currently deployed, coming up, or this is just something you know you're going to need preparedness in your tool belt for later, I've created a deployment support kit for you. It includes an emotional support checklist leading up to the day zero, how to prepare for the extra space coming your way, and how to find something to look forward to. This is a completely free resource, and you can find it at jaylaray.com forward slash deployment kit. I'll also include a link in the show notes. Thanks so much. Hey there, Jayla Ray here. And I wasn't planning to record a podcast episode about this, but I thought that it's quite important. It may not be as common, um, but it's something to consider, especially as, I don't know, more of the world just continues to go virtual. Um, so today, uh, my husband was promoted <laughs> and oh gosh, I'm already going to cry because I'm just so damn proud of him. Um, and as you know, he is deployed. So we were able to do like a web conferencing, um, promotional ceremony. And the unfortunate thing about having to do the web conferencing First, let's start with what's wonderful about that. I could have just not seen the ceremony at all, um, wouldn't have been let in on it. Um, fortunately, this is a deployment. It's not a combat deployment. So I think there's a little bit more, there's definitely more flexibility in terms of his schedule. And then there's also more um, accommodations that are made that I'm highly aware of. So the fact that they even had a web conference for the family was amazing. Um, so there's that. And it was really cool that there were a lot of people in the room, um, more than I thought were going to be there, maybe like 20 people or so. And it was just really fun to be in the same like web room as the kids and as my mom and a couple other members of his family, uh, just to witness him being promoted. But the weird thing about it is that I have never experienced a promotion or a ceremony or anything. So my husband and I met right after he got promoted. So I was not, you know, obviously not there for the ceremony. Um, and we've been together for six years. So this is, this is the time we are now upgrading. <laughs> He's now receiving a promotion from major to Lieutenant Colonel. So 
what is unfortunate about this is that this is probably his last promotion. We talk often about retiring um, soon after or on the 20 year mark. So it's not very likely that he's going to go beyond this point. And I'm just, I'm feeling a little bit sad that this is the only promotional ceremony that he had. And I didn't get to experience that with him in person. And yes, we can celebrate at a later time, but as you all know, it's just not the same thing. (laughs) It's not the same thing. Um, Your birthday is your birthday and you want to celebrate on your birthday. That's like how I think of it. His promotion is his promotion. And I wish that I could be, be there with him and celebrating in person. And the reason I'm bringing it to the podcast is because I realized today in his speech that this is actually the second time that this has happened to him, that he is being promoted during a deployment or even a a training cycle. So I know that this happens. I've I've heard other military spouses mention this, um, that it's very different when they are apart from you and there's still a promotion. And it's also really strange for them to actually celebrate that. Um, yeah, I mean, I know there's like all these kinds of traditions and parameters that go into that ceremony and then the party afterwards. And I couldn't participate in any of that. (laughs) I couldn't even like help him. I couldn't even help him coordinate anything really. So that that's just the part about it that is really unfortunate. Um, but it went really well. And I wanted to mark this because in his, in his remarks, which were not very long, um, he spent time on each of the children. Um, so my husband had two stepchildren in his former marriage. And so when we talk about how many kids he has or how many kids we have, we typically say four. There are only two biological children, but he raised his stepchildren for a huge chunk of their life. Um, And they still consider him to be a father figure. And even though I am not technically their stepmom, (laughs) I'm basically their stepmom. So um, he spent a little bit of time telling kind of funny anecdotes about each of the kids and what it was like for them to grow up with a dad who would deploy as often as he did when he was in the infantry. Um, and this was, you know, before my time, these stories are before my time and I've, I've heard them before and I love hearing them because I love to get to know the kids um, on a deeper level. And those memories, it, it's important that he continues to share those memories with them so that they can carry them forward as well. So he had lots of funny anecdotes about them and how they viewed um, deployments that they experienced in the past. Mostly that was the two older kids. They're not kids anymore. They are adults, which is crazy. (laughs) Ah, my gosh. Um, And then he spent a little bit of time thanking me and of course it made me cry and it was so it was so hard to not be witnessed in my reaction to what he said and 
I'm realizing now that I say that out loud, that that's, that's actually what's so hard about all of it is that, you know, the web conferencing, like he wasn't a part of that. He's in a room. He doesn't, he knows where the camera is, but he's not seeing the screen with us on it. And we weren't allowed to have our video on anyway. Um, and we had to keep ourselves muted. So there wasn't any interaction and that's what was really hard about it. So he texted me as soon as it was over and I could still see the camera on and everybody's kind of, you know, flooding the room because they've stood up from their seats and they're shaking his hands and, you know, giving him hugs and everything and, and saying congratulations. And, um, and then I see him pull out his phone and I was like, oh my gosh, is he about to text me? And he did. And it was just so weird to see him in a room texting me <laughs> from like nine hours into a different time zone. <laughs> I don't know. It was just very strange. Um, but he texted me and asked, you know, like, did it go well? Like, you know, all the things like was, was my speech okay? All of the things. And so I had to tell him that, you know, what he said made me cry through a text. And that is just, that was such a letdown. I wish we I wish we could have been together and I could express that to him in person. Um, and what I found, I guess interesting isn't the right word, but what I appreciated about what he had to say in his thanks to me was it was focused on everything that I do do that I forget myself sometimes. I forget how much that I really do balance on a daily basis that has nothing to do with the deployment. The deployment is just on top of what's already there. Um, he like, he listed <laughs> the fact that I am a director of operations. He, he said that I was the owner of a small business, that I'm an amazing stepmom, and he doesn't know how I do all of those things. And coming out of the mouth of somebody who is like just a classic hardworking individual who like sometimes overworks um, and doesn't know how to switch that off and has a super high level of productivity. And like, it just, it felt like such a compliment that he would acknowledge that in that room. And I plan to express my, my gratitude to him as well, but I guess I kind of just wanted to verbalize it first. Um, so it's about five minutes to 7 p.m. here right now. And I've got to wait at least a few more hours before he can um, video chat with me. So hopefully we get to talk about how everything went today. And um, I'm a, I think they did have a party. I That's what he said. That's what he had said before, but I'm not sure how it went. And I know that there was a cake <laughs> and yeah, so hopefully he just feels really celebrated and appreciated. Um, and his boss had some wonderful things to say about him as well. Um, he said that he was one of the most hardworking people that he's ever met. And I don't think that was disingenuous. Like, I think he was being serious because my husband is one of the hardest working people anyone would meet. <laughs> so it felt really good to hear him be recognized and 
to be recognized and to hear him speak of his children so highly and with so much love. Um, and yeah, the fact that this was a virtual experience, um, like I said, was a little bit of a letdown, but I am so grateful that it was at least something. And if this was my only promotional experience to, to have as a late career mill spouse, um, I'll take it. I'll take it. And yes, we will celebrate together in person when he gets his R&R. So anyway, um, and as far as other updates this week, so there is something that I wanted to capture on this podcast. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to go too deeply into it, but if you um, follow me on Instagram, you know that I've been talking about and using personality systems as tools to increase self-awareness. And then what can we do with that self-awareness? We can um, change patterns that we don't like about ourselves or adopt new habits or um, just have more success when it comes to setting and tackling goals. And I mean, I've been talking about all of those things for a long time, but there has definitely been a shift within me the past couple weeks um, that I didn't realize need, needed to be made, but it's, it has to do with the Enneagram. And I think I was really terrified that if I started to talk about the Enneagram more and more, I would lose people. And I do think that's going to happen. There are going to be people who don't want to hear about that. Um, maybe it's because they are into a different personality framework um, or they don't believe in it or, oh my gosh, weans, shush, <laughs> so sorry. I don't want to edit this, so I'm just going to leave that in. I don't know what you can hear because my headphones are in, but they are like wrestling with each other. There's a wean party going on at my feet. <laughs> um, anyway, so I've just spent a lot more time on Instagram talking about the Enneagram. Um, I started a live series going into different aspects of the Enneagram. And the shift that I've been experiencing is being okay with not feeling like an expert and remembering something that an Enneagram coach said to me has been really helpful. Um, earlier this year, actually, it was the first week that Jeremy had left and, um, oh, that makes me want to cry. Um, <laughs> it was a really horrible week <laughs> and, if you want to know how bad it was, you can go back and listen to the episode. I think it's called One Week Down or something, and definitely listen to the episode before it, the first episode of this podcast. Um, I think there's a lot of like really juicy nuggets in there, and I can't wait to re-listen when this deployment is over. <laughs> I don't want to relive it right now. <laughs> um, but that first week that he was gone, my team had gifted me um, a birthday present and they gifted me, uh, the international Enneagram association conference. Um, they hold a few conferences every year. They're, I mean, international is in the title, but they are literally international. They have conferences all the time. And of course this was virtual. 
And that was my birthday gift from them. And I was so appreciative. And the fact that it was timed to be the first weekend that he was gone was so wonderful because it kept me, it just kept me a little bit more grounded and it did give me something to look forward to. So anyway, I was at that conference and I was in a Zoom meeting with a bunch of people and Russ Hudson was there and um, who's a renowned Enneagram teacher. And then two coaches who've really had an impact on me were there. Vanessa Fernandez of uh, the Enneagram workshop on Instagram and then Sarah Jane Case of Enneagram and Coffee. I don't think her handle... Her handle is Sarah Jane Case on Instagram now, but it used to be Enneagram and Coffee. Um, They were there and this was a panel discussion. And I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but they were taking questions. And I remember the whole, the whole conference feeling like really juicy, really amazing, a lot of different aspects of the Enneagram I knew nothing about at that time. So it felt like true learning. And I love that kind of environment. I love the ability to learn. It just lights my heart on fire. So I was asking a question about when it comes to being a certified coach and can we start coaching and using the Enneagram with clients prior to certification. And you wouldn't be, you know, I'm sure you're not surprised to hear that the answer is, of course, of course you can do that. You should not let certification hold you back from, from um, instilling this inside of your work with clients. You should do it respectfully. You should be a steward of of the system itself. But I remember Sarah Jane saying something to me that has really stuck. And she said, I want to learn from the learners. And that just blew my mind because I've always thought that everybody wants to learn from experts. But the fact that she flipped that and said that she wants to learn from the people who are still in a period of learning and don't consider themselves to be experts. And she was also commenting on the fact that the Enneagram is such a deep system that even the quote unquote experts are still learning new things every day because new perspectives come about, new teachers enter the space. Um, So when she said that, I, it didn't, it really clicked, but it didn't take full hold over me <laughs> at the time. And I'm realizing that now. Um, oh gosh, I just went on a rabbit hole. What was I talking about? <laughs> um, why did I bring this up? Okay, so I brought this up because <laughs> this week during the promotion ceremony and just craziness at work as usual, um, I am in a certification program. I'm taking the IEQ9, I guess people are calling it level one, um, level one program. And then you can opt in to become a certified Enneagram coach. And first of all, my mind is so blown. I mean, I know 
what there is left for me to learn about the Enneagram. I understand my threshold and how I want to expand it. But hearing from all of the nine types in these sessions with each other has been so incredibly valuable. Just to hear their perspectives in real time and to be able to ask them questions and to really dive into subtypes and the psychodynamics and the, and the oh my gosh, and the centers of everything. It has just been so incredible. And it is very inspiring. And I, I come on Instagram and I talk about things that are inspiring me. And so there has been a shift. Okay, I'm finally coming full circle. Thanks for journeying with me. There has been a shift in my mentality toward how often, how deep, and why I would spend more time talking about the Enneagram on Instagram or in a podcast like this or with my email list or, or whatever it is. Um, and I think the shift has finally been believing that there are people out there who do want to learn from the learners and don't care if you don't know every single thing about the system. They just want to connect with you. And through that connection, they deepen their own learning. So that's been the realization that I've had this week um, as I move through a lot of that material and am in community with this group of people. So yeah, I'm going to spend more time actually talking about the Enneagram. <laughs> I've been learning about the Enneagram for almost two years now. Yeah, two, yeah, two years now, if not longer. My first awareness of the Enneagram was definitely longer than two years ago, but I've been diving in and learning about it for two years now. And it hasn't been until just a few months ago that I finally accepted that this is the direction that I want to head in when it comes to um, my style of coaching and mentoring underneath the personal development umbrella. So does that mean I'm going to use the Enneagram every single time? No, but I do think it's a helpful tool. I do think it's a helpful system and there's transformation to be had in using that system. And if anything, I want to show you what it looks like when someone is embodying the Enneagram and when someone is not. I'm certainly not embodying it all the time. Sometimes I don't know how to help myself. And this is common to like not understand how to help yourself, but you know the path for others. You know how to communicate that path for others. But I know I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I have a lot of work to do when it comes to embodying it as a true tool for myself. So I'm just going to begin weaving in more of this into my conversations. Um, if you've been keeping up with like any of the podcast interviews that I've had recently on other people's podcasts, I've ventured into actually discussing it. <laughs> there were a few podcast interviews I did earlier this year where I never mentioned the Enneagram, even though I desperately wanted to, because 
I felt a certain amount of imposter syndrome when it came to it. I didn't, I didn't have that moment where someone was saying that like we can learn from the learners too. I didn't have that moment yet. So it felt very stuck and I would just talk about it behind closed doors. Um, my team at work, for example, they know I'm obsessed with Enneagram. They know I can't turn it off. I've done a training for the team based on the Enneagram. I've done trainings for other people's group programs, including my boss and her group programs um, and other people's group programs. Um, <laughs> so, and those are, you know, those are closed doors. They're, they're behind like those people who are in those audiences need to already be in those programs to like benefit from that teaching but I wouldn't really share it that much online or in my email list either so even though I've been doing it for a while it's just sort of been it's sort of been hush hush and the most y'all have seen from me on Instagram um, when it comes to this topic is like brief little mentions and sharing random memes so still going to do all that, but we are going to dive a little bit deeper. And I think I'll put a poll on this episode. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that like, I love polls. I think it's a great way to not only capture how y'all are feeling and, and how you're thinking, um, about any one topic as it relates to like military life. Um, but it's also really, I think it's just a really neat way to engage. So um, Anchor, the podcasting platform I use, has now incorporated polls on podcast episodes um, if you are listening on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, feel free to participate in the poll that is on this episode. If you're listening on iTunes or on Apple, whatever it's called. Oh my goodness. Apple podcast, <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> what year am I in? Um, if you're listening on Apple, uh, you can flip over to Spotify if you would like to, but of course you don't have to. If you're over there on Apple though, please leave a review. Um, if this podcast has had any impact on you, I would really, really appreciate it. It definitely helps to get this content in the hands of military spouses who truly need it. So um, if you're open to that, I would love to hear from you on a review and bolster the success of this podcast long-term. So thank you so much. All right. I think that's going to do it, y'all. Uh, we're also still in the deployment series. And I think I'm just going to start to branch out after I finish up these guest deployment episodes, um, start to branch out on other topics aside from deployment, um, but kind of weave that in. And yeah, so stay tuned on the Heart of a Mill Spouse podcast. Have such a good day or night wherever you are, and I'll see you next time.